Welcome to The Lawyerist Podcast, a series of discussions with entrepreneurs and innovators about building a successful law practice in today's challenging and constantly changing legal market. Lawyerist supports attorneys building client-centered and future-oriented law firms through community, content, and coaching, both online and through The Lawyerist Lab. And now, here are the co-authors of The Small Firm Roadmap and your podcast hosts. Hi, I'm Stephanie Everett. And I'm Aaron Street, and this is episode 340 of The Lawyerist Podcast, part of the Legal Talk Network. In today's episode, Stephanie will be talking with Lawyerist Lab member Dina Buchanan about the exponential growth that her firm has had in the last eight months. Today's podcast is brought to you by Lex Reception, Rankings.io, Text Expander, and Postali. We wouldn't be able to do this show without their support, so stay tuned because we'll be telling you more about them later on. A few weeks ago, Stephanie hosted a workshop for podcast listeners and lawyerist insiders on how to get more time in their day. And it was such a success that we've decided to do it again. Yeah, I loved it. We called it Take Back Time, Four Steps to Gaining Four Plus Hours a Week. And um, we're doing it again on August 19th. And I felt, I mean, no, I know because I checked in with everybody who attended in every step we did. I was like, how many hours have we just taken back? And the tallies were just growing and it was a lot of super fun. I I definitely heard some feedback that especially some of the worksheets and tools that you created for participants in the workshop were especially valuable. And some of the templates that attendees are now using to delegate differently and find ways to frame some of their projects to save time has been a game changer for many of them. I was super proud of this. So we are charging $47 to come to this workshop, but we have packed so much value into it. And I know lots of workshops are out there and webinars telling you to come because you're going to get all these things. And I want it to really stand by that this time. I mean, I think we really stand by that every time that we do something. But I was like, what else can I do to just make this so super easy to implement? I'm getting great response on the worksheets and the tools that we gave everybody because it is like, take this and implement and do it. I've tried to think of everything you would need to implement the things I was talking about. And I just gave you everything down to here's the client communication post that you can use to talk about these changes you're making with your clients. And so the workshop is August 19th. It is $47. And where can they find more information, Stephanie? The easiest place is if you're an insider, head over to the insider Facebook group and there's a event there with all the registration uh, information. And then if you're in our insider email list, we'll be putting out those links as well. Now we have Zach's conversation with Lex Reception and then my conversation with Dina. Hey, y'all. It's Zach, the legal tech advisor here at Lawyerist. And today I'm joined by Shannon Baston, the lead client services manager at Lex Reception. Lex Reception, as many of you know, is a virtual receptionist company that helps small to medium-sized lawyers throughout the U.S. Thanks for being with us today, Shannon. Thanks for having me, Zach. Super excited to be here and talk a little bit about. Yeah, that's a subject that I think a lot of attorneys are curious about. Not a lot of us use it. Not a lot of us have that on our, our website. No, and it's honestly because a lot of people don't think they need web chat. I have a phone. I mm-hmm. have email. I have a website. What do I need a, a web chat for? Right. I think some of that is uh, I don't necessarily want to email. I don't necessarily want to call you. It's three o'clock in the morning. 
or something like that. There are various reasons that people don't want to interact with you in a certain way. And this is another way of interacting with your, your potential clients, right? Absolutely. I mean, I think from a consumer standpoint, if I need some legal assistance and maybe I'm at work in the middle of doing multiple things, I can pull up a web chat and kind of have that going and still be on my call and still be on my email and doing all the different things. Or even at the end of the day, when I've talked to as many people as I you know, possibly could, the last thing I want to <laughs> do is be on another phone call for who knows how long. So having that web chat feature, you're there for that potential client in that moment. Right. One of the things I think of when I think of web chat is you're at Thanksgiving and you're tired of something or you want to write somebody out of your will, <laughs> but you don't want them to know. So you get on your phone, you get started trying to find that person that you can do that with and you don't want to talk to them in, in, in person just yet. But this isn't like AI or, or even just a program that answers questions on the website. We're talking live web chat. A human being is connecting with you here. Absolutely. Right? And that's where I think it's going to open up that making your law firm be more approachable. If you have a live person there versus the AI giving generic answers to questions, you have right, that right. real person where they kind of feel like they have a connection already with your law firm. You can answer, you know, quick questions. Hey, how do I find your office? Or what are your business hours? Or I've got a really weird case and I'm not so sure I'm ready to actually talk to anybody about this. It opens it up and kind of makes you feel a little bit warm and fuzzy. People want to get something done. Mm -hmm. Now, if somebody has come onto your site and they've you know, web chatted live with somebody and asked a few questions and gotten some answers. Well, now they're getting started. They've ticked that box, contacted attorney. And we know that how quickly somebody gets back to a potential client affects whether or not that client is going to, to use you. And so this is very quick. <laughs> this is live chat. This is happening in real time. And so that's obviously going to affect whether or not you are able to bring that client in or whether or not they want you to represent them. Yeah. And I think it also allows you to have kind of a deep dive and a deep understanding of the metrics and success of your website too. So if you're putting a lot of focus and emphasis on getting your website up top ranking Google search, you're going to be able to track your metrics with that live chat. How many leads have I actually obtained from this live chat? Having trackable metrics can definitely help you be more successful as well, too. Well, I, I'm glad you said something about that because that's something that I think about when building websites is you can get your website to the top of the Google search list. You can have phenomenal SERP, phenomenal SEO, hitting for the right keywords. But if you don't have some way of bringing somebody in, of making, I hate to say it this way, but making that sale, making mm -hmm. that ask, and the ask is contact us. Well, if the ask is contact us, let's have as many ways for them to contact us as possible. It's like having the top of the funnel and then it just drops off. Right. You don't bring that person. Yeah, they saw your website. Yeah, they think a lot of you. Yeah, they can get a lot of information about divorces or your particular area of law, but they walk away without having connected with you. Right, right. If they're on that website and they're looking for 
Because a lot of times people's brains go to, how much is this going to cost me, right? So they just have that one simple question, hey, how much is the consultation? And you don't have that listed on your website. You don't have a live chat. You have nothing. Guess what? They're going to the next one on the Google search. You're not getting any traction there at all. That, yeah, that's exactly right. And then I also like the the point you brought of you can track this. These are metrics. These are things. Lawyers talks about key performance indicators, mm-hmm. that one number that drives your success, things like that. And if you can't track things, if you can't tell where your, your potential new clients are coming from, if you can't tell where your closing leads, how are you going to know where to intelligently put more investment. Right. Exactly. That makes the most sense. I mean, I worked with so many attorneys that explained to me the amount of hours that go into marketing and advertising and streamlining Mm -hmm. that process. It can get really super expensive. So if you're investing all your marketing dollars into something that's actually not benefiting you, you've got to be able Mm -hmm. to know and tracking with those metrics, genius, because then you're going to know right out of the gate okay, this is working, this isn't working. We've only got live chat from this hour to this hour. Maybe we should do 24-hour live chat now, which, by the way, Lex Reception does. Yes, yes. That's what I wanted to get to next was Lex Reception handles this. Obviously, we we wouldn't necessarily be talking about it if if you guys didn't handle this, but y'all do 24-7, 365 live web chat, and it goes right on somebody's website, that is one of the services that y'all provide as virtual receptionists. Yep. And we go as far as even adding schedule to those live chats. So if somebody comes on your website and they're speaking to one of our agents, they're going to go through a chat script, much like they would on an inbound call script, but this one would be a chat mm-hmm. and get to the point of even scheduling those consultations for you. I mean, you literally just have this little box pop up and Monday morning, your calendar's full. Within the the limitations that you've set and you have given to to Lex about when you want to take meetings and things like that. You have full control over that. I, I always think about the Ronco commercials as seen on TV. You set it and forget it. <laughs> I'm probably going to get in trouble for, for trademark or copyright or something like that with that. But yeah, you just, you set it and forget it and let it go. Yeah. So, well, Shannon, I, I always enjoy having you guys on. Thank you again for providing useful information for everybody. And if people want to learn more about Lex Reception, they can always go to LexReception.com forward slash lawyerist. Uh, Again, thanks for being with me. Thanks for having me, Zach. Welcome to the show, Dina. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Stephanie? Doing great. I'm so excited to talk to you because we've sort of framed our conversation around growing big by going small. And that probably sounds counterintuitive. So maybe just to set it up for everybody, when we first started working together, maybe around a year ago, I can't quite remember. You were doing a lot of things. At least that was my perception. So tell us about that. I was. Well, first of all, I was tiny. I was basically a solo practitioner with one paralegal. And we had five or six practice areas. I think when we first talked a while back, I kept going and going and going. And you're like, what else do you do? I had my hands in a lot of pots at that point. And I mean, to be fair, that's pretty typical. And I, I don't think people do that necessarily. Maybe they don't even realize it, but it's like, well, I like this practice area or it's interesting to me. And I, I seem to recall that was a lot of your responses where you're like, well, but, the, but this is interesting. So maybe I should do it. 
Yeah, well, I've had kind of a long and windy career. I've practiced in several different states. I've practiced in-house. I've practiced at big firms. I've practiced at regional firms. And I've had exposure to a lot of practice areas because of that. And so I've had some education in a lot of things. And I found a lot of things interesting. And for me, when I started my firm in 2019, there was a little bit of that kind of scarcity thinking of, oh, I have to take this and I have to take that. And yeah, I think I can do some business structuring and things that I don't normally do. Because if I had a little experience in it, I was willing to take that client and take that case. But by the time we met in 2020, it had really caught up to me and I was in overwhelm because of it. Yeah. So say a little bit more about that. I mean, in terms of like real things, what were some of the drawbacks of having your finger in so many different practice areas? Well, I mean, there were all kinds of challenges. First of all, it was hard when we started talking about branding. Who am I? If I'm doing my little kind of elevator pitch to somebody, what do I do? I can say that I'm a lawyer, but can I say that, well, I'm this and I'm this and I'm this, and then people glaze over, right? Because it just gets to the point where they don't think you're really anything. And you really do want to have a little bit of a focus so that people kind of take you seriously when you're doing that marketing. So that was one thing. And then processes are different. If it's a contract advice matter, if I'm charging for consultations, if I'm giving free consultations because the practice areas are different, that was a hard thing to market and explain to people, hey, I saw free consultations on your website. And I'd say, well, that's for certain things, but that's not for everything. And then that starts a, a relationship with a potential client where there's a little lack of trust or a little confusion there. There were all kinds of challenges that it posed. And then the deadlines being so different. Business clients need quick turnaround on contract review and comments and then litigation deadlines could be, oh, but I've got to be in a deposition and I can't change that. So there's that constant struggle just between the practice areas and the flow of the practice. And as a solo, trying to juggle all of that was super hard. Let's talk about, because you did obviously eventually focus in on something. Mm -hmm. What process did you go through to make those decisions about which direction you want to head? I started my firm wanting to practice in employment law and uh, plaintiff's personal injury law. And I definitely knew that those were two things I had always been drawn to. And I really liked helping people who'd been hurt. And those two practice areas lend themselves to people who've been hurt in some way. So that was kind of one thing. But then I ended up taking on all the other stuff. And by the time I came back to, to lawyerist and we started talking about focus, I was trying to kind of figure out how I got back to that vision. And then I realized I had been turning down a lot of workers' comp calls, either through personal injury clients or through employment law clients, and referring them out. And I thought, wow, I don't know workers' comp, but that kind of lends itself to a lot of cross-marketing and overlap between the people that we're reaching out to. And so we ended up hiring an attorney who specialized in workers' comp, who just sort of reached out to me in response to an ad that I put for a paralegal position and it worked out perfectly. And she actually had the same vision I did about what she wanted to accomplish with her work. And we do a lot of plaintiff's employment law, personal injury and workers. So that's how it kind of emerged. I would imagine with that kind of focus, it's really based on who you're helping, right? That's what aligns is now there's one type of client that you can help in lots of different ways. 
Exactly. I mean, with the cross-marketing opportunity, first of all, employment law client who has a disability case because they were injured in an accident may have two different cases and they need an accommodation at work because they're recovering from a debilitating accident. Or I had a couple of these cases where people had workers' comp claims and then were fired for bringing workers' comp claims. And in our state, in New Mexico, that is an employment law claim now. We ended up having this synergy and it was all about helping these people who are really kind of, the people have a hard time finding lawyers because it tends to be a contingency fee model. And we said, we want to help these people who have been hurt get back on their feet. And that was kind of our focus. I think for a lot of people, they know what way they want to go or they have an idea, maybe. Maybe it's not, they don't have super clarity on it. And the hardest part is saying no to everything else. And I know because I know you, we've been working together for a while. (laughs) I think I could say like, you still struggle with this from time to time because there's those, the shiny things or just the opportunities kind of come in the door and you think, oh, this is going to be a quick fee. Mm -hmm. And so do you have some strategies that you've been able to use to successfully say no to things? Yes. Well, we've been really, really blessed that our firm has grown so much. So when we started working together a year ago, it was just me and a paralegal. And now we have seven people. We have three lawyers and four staff. And the way we've structured it, when we've gotten super busy, which is great. And because we got busy, now I'm trying to say, okay, let's think about this client and this opportunity. And is it consistent with what we want to do? Am I going to be happy doing this work? Is it going to bring me joy? And is it really kind of forwarding the kind of firm that we want to ultimately build? Or is this going to be a distraction and it's a side road? And I don't ultimately want to have that practice area. So why should I do this? That's a big question for us is why are we taking on this different kind of case? Yeah, I know. You, and I've probably said this to you. I say it all the time. We make more money off of a no. Because in our mind, we think, oh, this person wants to hire us. That's money. But mm-hmm. as you've already alluded to, if it requires different systems and processes or maybe even different technology pieces or time for us to get up to speed on whatever their issue is, because it's not really our main practice area, we are losing money and opportunity. We do have some commercial litigation. We have some preferred clients we still work with in that area. And that makes me happy to do that. But if it was a new kind of client in a new industry where I had no exposure or or knowledge, just the time getting up to speed, it could take me three times as long to accomplish that, but then it's actually not allowing me to work on five other cases. So it definitely is a matter of efficiency. Do I really want to send that big bill to a brand new client because I'm still getting up to speed? Or would I rather refer them to a great referral partner and say, here, you're going to be in great hands with this lawyer who does this kind of work. And so that's what we're starting to really focus on. It's so easy to say. I know it's so hard to do. That's why we kind of need those networks. So we need Mm -hmm. you need that support. Right. And you have done this from time to time where you you have reached out to me and been like, hey, I think I want to do this thing. But I know you're going to tell me not to. So I'm just (laughs) going to reach out anyway, which I love because that's fun. You said something to me earlier that I think there's a lot there, but you talked about the fact that focusing in allowed you to burn away the excess. Yep. Say more about that. When we were trying to come up with the branding and even designing our website, putting what practice areas do we put on the website? What I was finding was that having this consistent message focused on our ideal client 
was super important. And by focusing on that, you kind of have to let go the other stuff. I mean, I can't be advertising for things that aren't really our core area because it's super confusing for a potential client. And it just helps us reinforce our identity uh, as a firm. I know. I always beat the vision and values drum. Maybe too much. No, I don't think you can too much. No. But <laughs> but if I can, you know, politely call you out a little bit, I think you were, like many, a little skeptical of the process. Or you had shared with me that you had actually done that process with a different business coach before we worked together. But it looked really different. What did you find in this experience? And, and I'm just trying to tie that back into how mm-hmm. has that kind of helped you in this process of burning away the excess? Well, back then, I got a very standard, old-school mission and vision statement. It was really the first time I'd ever done one. I haven't really run my own law firm like this in the past. That exercise was kind of good in a way, but it was a lot of platitudes. It was a lot of, like, generalities. And when I joined Lawyerist, you guys gave me a lot of tough love and called me out on that because I was like, I have one here. I'll share it with you. And you're like, no, what does that tell me about you? Who does that tell me you want to serve? What does that tell me about what you want to accomplish? Because doesn't everybody want to be the best firm, but what does the best firm mean? And I've heard you say this on podcasts before where you say, well, I think you asked your husband what the definition of a successful law firm was. And he said, well, is it billing a lot of hours? Is it winning a lot of cases? But when you write those generalities as your mission and vision, I want to be the best law firm in the Southwest. Well, what does that mean? And where does that get me? How do I make decisions consistent with that? Because I could hire 10 different people and say, we want to be the best firm in the Southwest. And then they could all be working toward different goals because I hadn't given them a way to really focus on what that means to me and my vision. With Lawyerist, my vision statement went from, I think, one long sentence with lots of commas to (laughs) several paragraphs where I even started getting into what is the mark I want to leave on my community? Who are the people whose lives I want to change? And how do I want to affect my employees' lives and their success and their future? And how do we want to grow as a team? And how do we want to differentiate ourselves by focusing on technology and being paperless? I mean, that was a big decision that we made as a firm that helps define our culture And actually, sometimes we have to decline clients because they're not aligned with that value. So it's been a really interesting process. And I think when the light finally went off that that's the stuff that you put in those statements, it became kind of a roadmap for our firm. And I think we'll probably go back and update it occasionally too, but it definitely was a good launching point for us. And then it helped us focus when we knew who that client was going to be who we wanted to help, who we wanted to see come in the door, who we wanted to say thank you for changing my life at the end of the case. That just redefined a lot for us. And I imagine from that, then, like you said, you have that roadmap. So now hiring decisions, technology decisions, process decisions, Mm -hmm. everything just becomes so much easier because, oh, we have this direction that we know we're headed. Basically, you know, if we start working with a a co-counsel or a potential employee who is super resistant to tech, I just know that that's not going to work. I might think they're the best lawyer or paralegal or assistant ever, but if they can't buy into our systems, I just know now because of trial and error, that is going to be a headache from day one because it is actually a core value of ours. So Awesome. We're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. When we come back, 
I want to explore a little bit more of the growing big part, and then we need to talk about scuba diving. It's hard to keep up with trends when you're rushing to court and helping clients, but new cases hinge on topping the results page. You need a marketing partner to keep you informed and your firm growing. That partner is Postali, and you should know about Google Local Service ads. LSAs connect you with folks searching for nearby legal services. LSAs show up at the top of the page, higher than maps and other listings. And the best part, you only pay if you're contacted through the ad. Appearing when somebody searches for lawyers near me has never been easier or more affordable, letting you focus on the law. LSAs are a great addition to existing PPC efforts or a standalone initiative. Quickly initiated by the Postali team, LSAs and a partnership with Postali can get your firm where it belongs. To learn more about LSAs and Postali services, visit postali.com forward slash lawyerist and reach out for a free consultation. Support for today's episode comes from Text Expander. Text Expander removes the repetition out of work so you can focus on what matters most. Say goodbye to repetitive text entry, spelling and message errors, and trying to remember the right thing to say. When you use Text Expander, you can say the right thing in just a few keystrokes. Better than copy and paste, better than scripts and templates, Text Expander snippets allow you to maximize your time by getting rid of the repetitive things you type while still customizing and personalizing your messages. Text Expander can be used in any platform, any app, anywhere you type. Take your time back and increase your productivity. Show listeners get 20% off their first year. Just visit textexpander.com forward slash podcast to learn more about Text Expander. Support for today's episode comes from rankings.io. A search engine optimization agency working exclusively for personal injury law firms. Simply put, Rankings.io helps personal injury law firms dominate first page rankings. You'll never have to chase them for an update or hunt them down for an answer. Your clients expect you to be accessible and Rankings will meet that standard for communication and transparency. You'll have a full team of SEO specialists fighting to put you at the top of the Google search results. Personal injury lawyer SEO is all they do. So all of their processes, playbooks, and people are completely focused on generating qualified cases for your firm. Best of all, you'll be one of an elite few. Delivering exceptional service and results requires focus, so Rankings.io carefully vets clients before accepting them. They're an ideal fit for growth-oriented personal injury law firms. To see if you're a fit, visit Rankings.io forward slash lawyerist to get started. All right, I'm back with Dina and... You know, we started out by talking about how you had to go small in order to grow big. You got super focused. You realized who you want to help and and how that aligned with your practice areas. And then what kind of growth have you actually seen as a result of that decision? I hate to even say it, but we have already hit our 2020 yearly income as of last month. In July, in June? By beginning of July. Yeah. In half a year, you've done what you did last year. All of last year. And last year was actually five times bigger than my first. So yeah, we've definitely grown and we're projecting to continue to grow. And I'm really starting to think about whether we need to hire a fourth lawyer actually in the next couple of months. I think if our marketing efforts, because now our message is really consistent and we are getting more and more phone calls across these practice areas, it's working out just the way I hoped with the cross marketing and, oh yeah, this person does this and and that 
kind of thing. We're getting a foothold and I'm super excited about where we can go with it. That is so awesome. And so you've hired all these people and I know that's been a bit of a struggle, but you've gotten through and you have this great team now and they're all aligned around your vision and your values working. What does this mean in terms of your day-to-day life? Because I think probably a year and a half ago, you didn't even think what you were doing now would be possible. That is true. And remember when I did my accountability chart and I was complaining because I was wearing all the hats, we are kind of breaking the accountability chart down a little bit. I've been able to delegate some of those things to other people. And the funniest thing about this is when you and I started talking, I told you that I just wanted people to do a lot of the admin stuff because I wanted to be able to practice law. And what has come out of all of this is that actually I need to get rid of some of the practicing law stuff to work on managing the firm. So that's actually been taking some of those hats off on the administrative and managerial stuff was my plan. And what ended up happening was I found some really great people to help with the legal support and to do their thing and empowering them to do their thing is actually allowing me to, I still run my cases. I'm still really involved in the cases, but it's more as a managing partner role instead of I'm doing every little thing on every case. As a result of that, in June, we took a nine-day vacation to Jamaica, which made me completely just step away. And then we're taking some long weekends to explore scuba diving, which is our new hobby. Yes, I love that. And I mean, not only have you personally benefited, but you were able to shut your entire firm down. Like you guys all took a vacation recently. So over the 4th of July weekend, I decided I was taking a long weekend. We went scuba diving in Catalina at Casino Point, And I thought it's really not fair for me as the leader of the firm to send this message that I can take two vacations so close together. I mean, they're a month apart. And everybody in the team had been working so hard. We just ended up shutting the firm for five days so that everybody got some paid time off. And it was amazing. We did not miss a beat. We didn't miss any deadlines. Everybody was good. And I think it, we all came back recharged. And, and what an awesome message to send to the team. We can shut down and take a break. That's what people do. Looking back, what was the biggest change or your biggest takeaway that you would want to leave somebody else who's listening? And it's where you were a year and a half ago and thinking, this all sounds good, but won't happen for me. I think part of it was kind of really admitting to the scarcity mentality and how that was driving things for us for a little while, especially when COVID hit and the courts really slowed down. I panicked a little bit and I started thinking, okay, I'm just going to keep on taking different things that really aren't in my core. It set me back a little bit. It set me back probably six months and I know why I did it. And I think a lot of people either went that way or they just kind of shut down in a lot of ways. But if you can let go that fear and just kind of believe in your vision and just keep focusing on moving forward, just one little change every day, one step toward doing that thing that you want to accomplish. I've only been in lab for nine or 10 months officially, and I can't believe how much our firm has changed with just little things every day or every week that have pushed us so hard in this direction. It's just amazing looking back. Another kind of expression that I guess describes it is when you're climbing a mountain, you just see the mountain ahead of you, but every once in a while, it's good to look back because when you look back, you see, oh, I've come this far and it it helps you continue to take those little steps. That's so important. And it's hard to do. I know 
at least every quarter, I try to create a presentation for our team just to remind them like, hey, here's all the things we accomplished this quarter because it's easy when you're just like in go mode to think, oh, we got to, there's so much we want to do. There's so much more we can accomplish. It's like, actually, we're doing really great. We're just pushing ourselves that much more. So I, I love that perspective and that you can stop and celebrate those wins. As you know, that's my favorite part. I always ask everybody in the in lab every Friday, what were your wins for the week? Because no matter how small it was, and sometimes people report really small things and it's like, yes, that is amazing because it really doesn't matter. But those small things over time are going to lead up to the big things. They're huge. And you know what? Each one of those small things are for me when I report those little things, it's something little that has been bugging me. It's some little process. For example, last week I reprogrammed my acuity scheduling software and it took me maybe an hour. And one of my biggest wins for the week, I am so tired of this old scheduling system that didn't work and it kept messing up and sometimes would give them the wrong time zone or something. And so now it's like, oh yeah, going forward, I don't have to worry about that anymore. And it's not on my to-do list. Isn't that the best? That's my favorite. Yeah. And sometimes you're like, oh, I th- I built that up in my mind that it was going to take a really long time. And, and actually I just needed to focus on it for 30 minutes and knock it out. We do the same thing with automations. And if I do a form that I do often, I'll just take the extra five, 10 minutes and automate it in our smoke ball system, because then I have one more form that I have, or if it's an automated email in our CRM, okay, I'm going to commit this to be a form automated email. It doesn't take that much longer. And maybe that week I only automate one email, but now we have a whole library of like 30 emails uh, that we can send out. So it grows. We've only had that system since February and already we have lots of automations and it's because we do it one at a time. Awesome. Great parting advice. I'm so excited that you were on today. I love watching all the things you're building. And I love the idea that you're growing big by going really small. Thanks, Stephanie. I wouldn't be able to do it without your support. Lab has been a game changer for us. So I love the tough love. It's awesome. <laughs> awesome. And, and, and the nice love, too. <laughs> yes. Take care. The Lawyerist Podcast is produced by Bailey Tiller. Are you ready to implement the ideas we discussed here into your practice? Wondering what to do next? Here are your first two steps. First, if you haven't read the Small Firm Roadmap yet, grab the first chapter for free at lawyerist.com slash book. Looking for help beyond the book? Let's chat about whether our coaching communities are right for you. Head to lawyerist.com slash community slash lab to schedule a 15-minute call with our community manager. The views expressed by the participants are their own and not endorsed by the Legal Talk Network. Nothing said in this podcast is legal advice for you. (laughs) 